Hey everybody! Hey everyone! This is Zach. This is Stuart. And uh, this episode, this is a, a main show episode. This is the uh, first ever second part. Second parter, or yeah. Part. yeah. We've we've uh, we've decided that we've just got too much information for one part, so now it's it's two. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, this with... is part two. Uh, this is our favorite. Uh, podcasts mm -hmm. um and uh yeah did did you want to start off or did you want me to or um i think i started off last part so okay you are more than welcome to start us off great well so um the first one i want to talk about is retronauts uh do mm. you listen to retronauts at all i, I do not so they um retronauts is a is an interesting one because it's changed ownership i think like four times it's always the same general people involved interesting um, huh. originally it was part of one i think it's one up was the uh, the gaming site one -up. and um jeremy parish and um bob Mackie are, are the mm -hmm. two like main hosts behind it that have been there the longest um and even now like they kind of trade off episodes because i think they're on different sides of the like i think jeremy parish is actually in um north carolina i, okay. I want to say and mm. then bob Mackey is in um uh, california so they um generally cover uh like vintage video game history stuff well that's <laughs> that really cool they, i mean um, there's a lot of history out there there really is like every every uh five years because they, they've been going a while uh but like every oh. five years they'll do like uh you know 1975 in video game history and yeah. 1980 in video game yeah um <laughs> i'm sure and, it makes you uh, feel kind of old <laughs> well it really makes me feel old when they do games that i would consider new but they have it like a 10-year moratorium on so they're they're like you know if it's outside of 10 years old, it's fair game. Um, one of the more recent episodes was like Metroid prime. And I was like, that's not wait. <laughs> then I did the math and I was like, I think I was in high school when that came out. So, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of a bummer sometimes, but it's interesting when they do retrospectives on people important to video game history, like, uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Mm. Um, Hmm. Yeah, he did uh, Game and Watch, which led yeah. to Game Boy, and then Virtual Boy, and then he unfortunately yeah, which died very young. I um, only found out about Game and Watch through uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah, yeah, they they never really came over here. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Um, hmm. but yeah, no, it's it's just a really informative show. Um, and then you know there there are spinoffs with it, uh, like uh, I think. Bob Mackie has one called uh, "What a Cartoon," where they they go through old cartoon shows. Hmm, that's cool. Um, like you know the kind of like the Steamboat Willie sort of. No, well, no. So like uh, more like a Gargoyles. Um, oh, Simpsons. so yeah, like Saturday morning like cartoons, newer order cartoons, not like yeah. He Man or. Uh, well, they, they do He-Man, I think, oh, as well. Okay. But but yeah, the, a lot of the people on there also have their own shows. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I've Acts of the Blood God is one that like just covers like RPGs and JRPGs. But oh, like cool. Cat Bailey and and um God, I can't think of the other host of that. Hmm. Nadia. Nadia Oxford. Um but yeah, they they um you know, Retronauts is kind of like a hub for for things. Kind of like I was saying last week or last episode with um uh like small beans and story mode and unpops like it's kind of a hub of of all these other things that are tangentially interesting if that oh, makes that's sense. cool <laughs> yeah huh. i might have to check them out yeah give them a sub i'm sure they could use it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that that was my first one all right uh so my first one is actually a podcast I, i'm not sure if i have to put like a disclaimer on this but i know the people who run this podcast so the podcast is called nerd of our sword of nerdum and uh they normally run uh, pathfinder uh, their current i guess season or their current campaign is voices from the void and it's starfinder which I have never played Starfinder before, but it does interest me. I, I know that we previously had a, a podcast, which you guys should all check out. It was about um, our discussion on Pathfinder, about the yeah. new edition that was coming out, and just all of the variations, mm-hmm. since Pathfinder or Starfinder is a variation on Pathfinder. Yeah. But it's... I mean, from what I can gather through this uh, podcast, it seems fairly interesting, fairly complex. I know that they use a lot of like the same concepts or the same like kind of roles from Pathfinder. Yeah, a lot of the graphic layout because I've never played it. I have the the core book for it. Mm. Um, I didn't know it, that you got the core book. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, kind of the graphic layout of it is kind of like pathfinder second edition but it uses a lot of the stuff from first edition so i'm unsure how like it's it's kind of like an in-between step i think interesting Um, yeah yeah because i wasn't exactly sure like what to expect but it definitely has that like cyberpunk slash space opera feel to it which is always really cool like you know i grew up with like cowboy bebop with um gundam and it kind of has that particular feel and i so like i said i know the people who who basically put this podcast together i ended up Mm -hmm. gaming with them so it's really nice to sort of listen to their podcast because like i can envision perfectly like what's going on i know that in our previous episode when we were talking about a couple of the other podcasts that we listened to to like you know the macleroids as well as critical role that sometimes it was a little hard for us to like you know get into combat and things along those lines well i think the dm bud does a really fantastic job with the whole combat system and everything along those lines. 
and just like knowing how a podcast is put together like their editing and their just like sound production is just on point yeah because they i want to say they all record in the same room at the table so like well yeah but not like nowadays because uh, yeah not nowadays Although, everything i mean they might i unless they're reposting old instagram stuff because i do follow them on instagram because i i oh. listened uh a while ago because i really like they they have multiple shows mm-hmm. yeah um they um the cult crushers yeah that I was really, really cool liked too. that storyline yeah. yeah i thought it was a really good storyline as well and again like bud's a really good dm and you know props to him and everything along those lines though i will say i was the one who um dipped their toes into the whole D &D (laughs) world and everything like that so (laughs) so you know props to stewart but (laughs) um but yeah it's it's easy to sort of like listen to them and this may be kind of just not just for me but it's easy for me to listen to them because i can envision them sitting around a table because yeah i've sat around a table with them and everything so yeah so yeah but i mean still they put on a really well produced show i think that you know their their quality is great i think that their editing and their music quality is also great i think they've got so they've done a couple of um of series or campaigns Mm -hmm. like we were talking about i think they've gotten into like a good groove now i think that they've all kind of realized you know who and what brings to the table and it's actually interesting because they've kind of also been able to explore outside of their comfort zone yeah where they're playing more i guess more characters that all have the personalities that aren't you know common to them yeah yeah no i i I get what you're saying yeah Um, so again it's it's a lot of fun to listen to I've had a blast listening to, again, their newest um, campaign. And I'm really interested to see where it goes. And I'm really, you know, I'm happy that I'm kind of learning a little bit about Starfinder. I think it would be a very interesting game to, like, play in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hmm. I definitely want to check it out. Um, it's, It's the sort of thing that, like, I can't really... Because I've tried to listen to another couple of starfinder podcasts mm-hmm. um and i don't know what it is about the sci-fi but i have a much harder time visualizing it without the map um, yeah i think personally like if i were to to play it i would want to have like a map to look at <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean take everything in. so you know we've played a couple of um sci-fi games like jc or jovian chronicles i always call it the jc um big eye small mouth is kind of something edge of the empire 
things along those lines that are very map heavy. Yeah. So it is interesting to kind of see how they incorporate like a a somewhat visual media into an audio media. And again, you know, props to Bud. I think he's gotten into a particular stride because he's usually the um, DM for most of these um, campaigns. I think there was yeah. one that Celeste did where she was um, DMing. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. I think it was kind of a a smaller like mini series. Gotcha. But Bud's definitely like gotten into a groove, yeah. and and it, it, you can really tell. So yeah, know, it's always think... good when when oh. DMs kind of have their chance chance to to shine because it's mm-hmm. it's uh, not easy work to run a game. It's not like something, and like especially that. like transitioning from playing at the table into like playing for a podcast, because yeah. there's a lot of things that you know. There's a lot of visual cues that you can do while playing in person where, you know, you can like make your like shrug for your character, but it doesn't translate well into a podcast or anything along those lines. And then, you know, coming to uh, combat, like I mainly watch Critical Role like on Twitch or something along those lines where you can see combat because they have it all set up on their table and everything along those lines. And that's usually the only time I actually watch the combat in there. But, you know, when it comes to an actual podcast, it's it's hard to visualize that. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like the, um, if I'm being honest, like with Critical Role, I normally skip the combats because I'm like, yeah, I can't. Which is funny because I've run a couple of games um, during the the pandemic and like haven't used a map and haven't really gotten lost. So I don't know what it is about doing it versus listening listening to it mm-hmm. that tricks my my head or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a skill that you kind of you just learn yeah it's a it's a skill that you know you can refine and really the more that you do it it seems like the better you can become yeah Mm um okay well um so my next uh pick is for another gaming um podcast Mm -hmm. called uh one shot um Mm. so the the host of it is uh james damato um And it's actually a, a podcast network, but they all of the shows on their their network have their own little separate entries. Um, but so one shot, what they they kind of specialize in is the the one shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so every episode it comes out every Monday, um, and a, a one shot just for people who aren't like familiar oh, right. with the term is a campaign that usually will complete in a session or two like yeah a session where you sit down for so they can usually run about like two to three hours sometimes they're broken up into like two sessions sometimes if the dm is feeling extra spicy they'll just run it in one session but yeah yeah, it's it's a game that's not meant to be a long 
campaign. Yeah. And, and that's, um, that's the kind of the format of this, like they update every, every Monday and they typically will do three to depending on the the type of game they're doing Mm -hmm. um, three to five episodes of a different system with different Mm. players every time. Um, Occasionally they'll, if it's like for a kickstart, like helping someone out on Kickstarter, they'll have the Kickstarter person be the, uh, the GM and the model. Yeah. So they're really like like, uh, active in the whole Kickstarter, like, uh, they community. they were a couple of years ago they've kind of because a lot of people are kind of edging off of kickstarter i think um uh, they've, got, they've done that hmm. less and less um i've seen like a lot of um like role-playing games get their start on kickstarter it seems yeah to i mean be like the gateway into it into yeah like... it, and it is um i'm just saying a, a lot of the the like uh, I guess some of the discourse around it is that Kickstarter is the idea I think is from a lot of people is that Kickstarter is kind of a uh, not a bubble necessarily but like is it there's so much well no not predatory it's just that there's mm-hmm. so much out there it's so difficult to get um, uh, it's hard recognized. to recognize like yeah it's really hard yeah. like so a lot of people will go to itch and just um, advertise on their own or they'll just do drive through immediately on their own um mm-hmm. hmm. and, and update from there but but yeah so so um they've kind of backed off of that because of the distribution i guess of some of the people that that want to run games for them or their circle yeah um, but but yeah like depending on the system like i think all of the ones i've listened to are at least three episodes and they're they're only like 45 minute to an hour long episodes okay. so it translates about the like because they're he's editing them um yeah out but they're recording one session right but like mm. for things with like with the with blades in the dark they did one recently that i think was like five or six episodes because oh, it's the a dark. little bit more i've involved. actually heard of that uh, game it's supposed yeah, to be really good. It sounds really cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I really, hi- I highly recommend you listen to the the four or five episodes that they did for um, for Blades in the Dark because it's a hmm. really good example of what you can do with that game. Oh, okay. Um, because like he comes from more of like a theater like improv background, so a lot of the people on there also have a similar background. That's nice. So yeah. they're like, it's very conversational. It's very fast, and it's very uh, easy to follow. Um, well, that's good. And a lot of Kickstarter games um, aren't as complex as some of the games that've been out there for a while. Yeah, they don't have well, that yeah, kind of like, bloat that some some other systems have. Yeah, well, and and they um, like I want I want to say the last one that I can think of that they had the creator running it i think was for a game called visigoths versus Molgoths. <laughs> interesting um, which is kind of like a romance dating sim between uh visigoths and Molgoths type games um interesting <laughs> yeah it's um i mean it's not my jam but i mean it's, it could be somebody else's jam yeah other other people like it, it this is a way for you to kind of stick your toe in um would I really like this game? Yeah. yeah. You know, because this... it's like you can sit for two and a half hours and hear an example of people who know what they're doing playing it. Yeah. 
And um, if the uh, creator is, you know, the person running it, yeah. you won't get bogged down with like rules questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, and um, it's interesting. The uh, the guy who runs it, uh, Damato, he um, has a book out that I picked up. That's mm. uh, I. It's just out of my view on the bookshelf across the room. For me. <laughs> but it's um, it's like the ultimate guide to or the ultimate collection of micro games. And so it's this book that collects like 80 or 90, like one or two page games. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just like, that's what the book is. Like, it's just game after game, after game, after game, after game. Wow. <laughs> and a lot of them have actually been played on the air. Um, and then some of them obviously were commissioned from friends of his in the game design circles. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really interesting podcast. Highly recommended. Um, and uh, yeah, did you want to... Nice. Um, yeah, so so this is where we kind of um, deviate a little bit. Me yeah. and you, Zach. I know that you get a lot of your media and a lot of your... I guess, entertainment through podcasts. Right. Well, I am definitely a, a more visual person and I actually don't listen to like too many podcasts, believe it or not. I actually listen to a lot of or watch a lot of YouTube videos. So, you know, my daily, I guess, work routine and stuff is usually on the computer so when I'm, you know, working on the computer and everything along those lines, I end up running like a YouTube video in the background. And that's usually my, my, I guess, entertainment. And if I see some, or if I hear something that I know that's going to be kind of interesting, I can always just like tab out from whatever I'm working on. And yeah. kind of like watch that, you know, snippet and then tab back to what I'm working on and uh, move from there. Because even when I'm back at my place and everything along those lines, I'm usually working on the computer if I'm not like doing something physical or anything along those lines. So I, that's actually it for me on podcasts. But okay. I've got three youtube channels that i highly recommend that are kind of akin to podcasts so the first one is drawfee which i think is fantastic and i guess veterans of this podcast would know that i have some i'm going to put you can't see it but air quotes some technical aspects of Adobe. And this channel has four well, animators slash illustrators that end up drawing unique subjects. So usually it's like a fan asking them to draw something in a particular style. So like one of their episodes is them all drawing Goku but Goku in different, like, styles. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender Goku. <laughs> um, somebody ended up drawing a, um, 
Goku from, I believe, Into the Spider-Verse. There was a couple of episodes where people drew their, like, Pokemon gym, I guess, gym champion persona, where they were drawing, like, what they would be if they were a Pokemon gym leader, which was really cool. And the thing is that they also, through this, kind of show their process on Photoshop. So you get to sort of see what a professional, like, Photoshop illustrator does. You kind of get to see, like, their process. You know, how they set up their layers, how they ink, what they do with coloring, how they, you know, set their opacity like make sure that lighting is is correct and how to like because the one with like into the spider-verse which if you haven't seen that movie it's first of all it's a fantastic movie and you should definitely check it out but like it's a very interesting style because it's comic book style where it's kind of got all those like little dots and everything like that so it's super interesting to see like how they would do that on photoshop another person well, like i'm watching one now watching a video mm-hmm. while you're talking now and it's, um it's disney characters as dark souls bosses yeah yeah <laughs> so it's it's super like it's super cool uh i really and i really love the personalities that they have on there like i think that everybody comes from a pretty like esteemed background like i think one of them you know illustrated for disney another one illustrated for um oh furnius and phil that kids phineas and ferb yeah 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 so it they all have like very prestigious backgrounds and everything like that but just really cool to sort of see like their thought process, their concept. So they do sort of two different styles or two, I guess, different like activities. One, they pre-record themselves like drawing and that's usually they give themselves like a time limit of like four hours and they record like them creating the um, illustration. And then sometimes they do like a 30 minute draw where they actually like draw on stream or draw, you know, live, where you can just sort of see them draw and everything like that. I actually really like the pre-recorded ones because you can sort of see them take their time and sort of see their thought process throughout the entire episode. And um, so one of them did a, a fantastic, like, illustration. It was, they took the inspiration from... Oh, I forget the artist, but they did Castlevania, um, a bunch of like Castlevania um, artwork and whatnot. But they do oil, like oil media. And it was really cool to sort of see like this person do oil media in Photoshop. Hmm. Since, yeah, it's, it's not like the media that you normally think of when you think of Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. So it was super cool. I highly recommend them. I think that they're a, a great channel. 
and they definitely deserve some love. So yeah, check them out. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to subscribe to this one too. Um, yeah, yeah. I think again, like again, I might be a little biased just because like I really enjoy like kind of learning about like Photoshop and Adobe yeah. and everything along those lines. But yeah, it's it's super cool and I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so my next one is uh, one that I came across, funnily enough, um, right, like right after uh, starting the this podcast, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's called Geek Nights, right? Oh, and it's um, two geeks living in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. They've apparently been running since two thousand five. Oh wow! Um, That's intense. Yeah, one of the hosts was saying that um, that he had a blog, and and they were only a few years older than you and I. So like they Mm -hmm. they started right after they they like graduated college, right? Yeah. Um, one of them was actually say saying that yeah, when I was in like college or high school, I had this blog and. Uh, it just occurred to me, hey, maybe I should try, you know, recording myself reading off these blog entries and, and putting them up alongside if people want to like hear my voice or whatever. It's like yeah. technically that's podcasting, but technically yeah. that's also not because there's no RSS it's, feed. I guess it's and blogging. There's, there's no, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's still blogging, but it's like he was making the 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 joke of like, yeah, this that was that was before podcasting. <laughs> because before Um, it was cool (laughs) but uh but yeah so so they um and i've i've gone back and listened to their like very early years right and Mm -hmm. like they've definitely changed but they've all ever since 2005 they've had um four four topics right so there's mondays if it's a monday episode it's tech related in some way because they're they're both um, in in the computer tech field. Yeah. Um, if it's a Tuesday episode, it's on gaming. Some aspect, mm-hmm. e- either a board game or a video game or what have you, right? RPG games. Do they yeah. do RPGs? Yeah, they do RPGs as well. They're actually friends with uh, Luke Crane. Oh, cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, if it's Wednesday, it's an anime day. So nice. some form of animation. Yeah. Um whether it's it's actually anime or not um mm-hmm. and then thursdays are something that one of them refers to as the lounge and the other one hates it where it's just kind of a catch-all <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like so whatever topic comes to them right? <laughs> yeah. um so i like i i'm on their forums um and it's a really interesting place um they um but yeah for for the first couple they have of a forums yeah they have a forum that they have set up um on their their website the Mm -hmm. um the show in their the first like few years because they were just like recent college grads living in some some house together they they actually released four episodes a week for the first like two years like they've put out so many goddamn episodes it's ridiculous um but but they're it's really funny um 
it's usually informative but yeah like they they have uh have it down now where they have like um a news section at the very beginning of an episode things of their day where it's just random shit that they've come across on the internet um and then uh the show topic so Mm. um it's actually pretty sounds pretty uh professionally put together too because they have like a an analog um recording setup mm-hmm. that is pretty much automated like they they've uh they've programmed python script which i do yeah. not know how to code but they've they've programmed it so that i think python's it, kind of oldish too um it is but but from what they've what i've been able to gather from listening to them play like their recording setup even even distance wise is mm-hmm automated to the extent that it measures the dip in sound versus however long that that dip in sound is and it will play an audio cue to move it into the next segment so like he's not having they're not having to go in they just like basically master their levels yeah and And then call it hit record it'll record as soon as he hits stop record and publish it like everything's already formatted so that it just goes up on their website in their rss feeds that's amazing yeah yeah like it's a level of of uh, automation that it's like man that makes it real easy just to crank out a shit ton of episodes if all you have to to do is record and then go publish (laughs) done everything (laughs) else is automated and everything else gets placed perfectly yeah um yeah, it's it's really fascinating to to listen to them whenever they do talk about their audio setups. But um, yeah, no, if you're interested in any of those those well, really three things because the fourth one is just could be whatever, um, <laughs> could be anything. But yeah, like tech, gaming, and anime. If you're interested in one of those three things, it's um, yeah, it's a, a really uh, interesting show. Nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh. My next one is, again, another YouTube channel, and it is Tellurian Community College, which (laughs) it was funny. At the uh, very beginning, when I was telling Zach all of my my picks, I could sort of hear him go like, what is that exactly? I'm not 100% sure. So it's a channel that actually talks about Magic the Gathering, cards, community, just everything. So the thing is, the person who runs the channel used to be a community college teacher. Uh, he was a, an English teacher, and he taught at a community college. Hmm. Yeah. And he fell in love with magic. And there is a card in Magic. It's a, an, I guess, an iconic card. It's called Tellurian uh, College, which hmm. is a land where a, you could tap it. And if you do tap it, it produces one blue mana for each artifact that you control. There's some Magic hmm. lore for you. So since he was a community college teacher, when he first started up this channel, he was like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, um, Tellurian. And Tellurian's a, in, like, the lore of magic, 
it's a a very i guess famous place yeah. the card actually so the college got destroyed and it got another card called Telerian ruins where you can tap it for a blue and a colorless to return a artifact card from your graveyard on top of your deck hmm. but yeah i i really enjoy this this channel just because mainly i'm not really i haven't been that big into magic so it's it's nice just to kind of like be able to keep up with magic through this channel and everything like that. Gotcha. And especially like when the new cards come out and everything the community or um the professor as he calls himself sort of like goes through the cards. But he also touches on like the community aspect as it is as well. Uh, he's very opinionated and he definitely, you know, <laughs> loves the game. I mean, opinionated in a good way, not yeah, like in, yeah, a, yeah. in a, you know, I guess an annoying way or anything along those lines. And you can tell that he loves the lore. He loves like the cards in general and really wants to see magic grow as a, as a, I guess, collectible card game. Yeah. Uh, though, you know, with Hasbro kind of taking over Wizards of the Coast, there's been some not-so-great decisions that have been made. And it's nice sure. that he is unbiased. Like, he doesn't have a, um, a sponsorship or anything along those lines. He can really speak his mind and sort of, like, tell it as it is. And yeah. I really enjoy that kind of matter the fact sort of um opinion so there's a great example where magic's been doing this thing where they have a like secret layer where they print out a, a couple of cards and they sell those cards to the general public and it's usually like a collection of five cards with some sort of theme be it like cats they had a secret layer where it was all like cat-based cards with alternate art and all that stuff. Yeah, you pointed me in that direction for the um, Shin Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, they. Um, I think where they, they had did... alternate art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there was a a secret layer where they did cards that were based off of the Walking Dead characters. Huh. And it just, it wasn't received really well because it's like magic is its own IP. And yeah. now that they, you've introduced like these walking dead characters into like magic lore, it kind of dilutes magic. And these, you know, these cards are legal. So now like if you play somebody across the table... They might have like Neagle. Is is that his name? The guy with the bat? Negan. Negan. Negan, yeah, yeah. As a card. Or like Glynn or something along those lines. And it's like, yeah, I understand what you're doing here where you want to like, you know, sell cards and everything like that. But like 
you do kind of take away a bit from the actual lore when you create these types of cards because it's not like these are from any particular like magic sets or anything like that it's not like they're from magic lore it's just like it's from another ip that's now like part of magic which isn't that great unfortunately so what do you goes, have, what is your reaction to them potentially putting D and D stuff in? Um, well, they've already done D and D stuff, and they did it. They did it well because it was just character, like actual character classes. Like they ended up. Oh, putting, so they've like, already done that thing? Because I know, mm-hmm. I know that they've they've used magic for D and D, but but uh, there was word that they were going to pull characters from like Forgotten Realms lore, for oh. instance, and use them in magic. No, they didn't actually do that. They oh, they okay. just used classes. So there were like care or um creatures that carried the like rogue subclass mm. or the wizard subclass. And there was gotcha. a whole theme about like having each unique class in your party. Yeah. <clears throat> Where if you controlled like a wizard, a rogue, a um, warrior, and you a got a bonus. Yeah. Gotcha. So that was unique in its own way. Like where it wasn't like breaking any sort of lore because you can see like a cleric in, you know, in magic. There wasn't like yeah. a named person of like, joseph the cleric it was just a cleric so that was nice Mm. but it's it's more of just like oh you have you know glenn in magic now yeah that's kind of that's a card which kind of sucks you know it's it's just magic is his own thing and you know the professor like goes into more detail about it but it's it's more of a critical like thinking channel than anything else like, he doesn't, you know, talk about, like, oh, this is a powerful card, or, oh, this is not a powerful card. It's more of just, like, let me talk about magic lore and why I love this game and, you know, what what drew me into everything. So I, I appreciate it on that level. Especially okay. since, you know, again, I haven't really been playing magic at all, but I really do love the lore of magic. Like I, you know, I grew yeah, up on really magic. Cool. I mm-hmm. mean, I I haven't played since middle or high school. Like the last the last uh, set that I played was I think called Invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a set. incursion or okay, yeah. So so it's it's been a while, but I remember really liking some of the metal lore and like I had a couple of the like books you could get, like even like in Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the the narrative fiction books um yeah it's a really interesting world because i mean this is pre-wikipedia so i couldn't just go to a wikipedia article yeah and be like oh <laughs> who is this, who's this person yeah yeah but yeah it's um so it's it's a a channel that doesn't really focus on like magic gameplay so don't go to it thinking oh uh this person the professor is going to tell me what the best decks are out right now or like 
what the hottest card is, the professor more talks about like magic lore, talks about like the the world of magic. It's it's more of a I guess a world building story of magic than the actual cards. Gotcha. Yeah. Which I, I enjoy. I really do enjoy. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's another one that I'm gonna have to check out, I think. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying these recommendations as well. <laughs> yeah, and again, like, you know, it it is a very like audio based channel. So yeah. like you can watch one of his videos and not like look at not it. Not be at all. like actually watching it, yeah. Yeah. But um, then he might like reference a card and usually when he references a card, he will throw the card up on like screen. And if it's like a card I recognize, I'm like, oh, you know, let me tab over and be like, oh, that's interesting. Like that card must be from like a newer set or something along those lines. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, that, um, I guess, aspect of it. Yeah. Well, and as an aside, just not really related to the channel, but, but, um, I don't know if you've picked up the Ravnica or Theros uh, source books for D anD. Um, no, they're actually really, really cool. They, um, I know for for a while they had the free PDFs online where um, it was kind of like a like a thirty or forty page document that someone would put together mm-hmm. of like, okay, if you're playing in this plane, these are the available races, these are the classes they're most drawn to, uh, cool. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I will say my one criticism of, of them doing that with that line is that I feel like if they're going to introduce a new like plane like that, mm-hmm. that they should probably put out like an adventure module to go with it because oh, there's no adventure with it. No, like they're they're um hmm. they're source books, ju- only. Uh-huh. So there's no like um like they they give you some starting points of like. Yeah, if you're in Ravnica, like here are some things to get you started if there's guilds and it's like Do they talk about the guilds? Because Ravnica it, is just all about guilds. Yeah, yeah, they, they do outline it. And cause I mean they're they are much thicker actual the physical releases are actually much thicker and more in depth. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying as a D D player that knows a little bit about magic, I feel like I wanna see the the uh Magic the Gathering adventure modules. Yeah <laughs> with yeah. those. That'd um, be nice. Because, I mean, it would be nice because, like, yeah, I can read about the, the realm, but it would be nice to have a, a starting point, at least. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> to, like, lead you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, my, uh, my last uh, uh, podcast suggestion um, mm-hmm. is for Behind the Bastards. Have you heard, mm. heard of this one? No, I haven't. Um, so... This is another one that falls in the the cracked alumni. Um, so the ah. host of it uh, is Robert Evans. He was the, um, I think he was the personal experiences editor, but he's since cracked. He's become more of a like he he's done some like war coverage as a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was at Mosul when ISIS was 
Bono. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He was he was uh, at Ukraine the protests in Ukraine a few years back. Um, more recently, he was because he's he lives in Portland, covering the Portland protests over the mm-hmm. the summer. Um, wow, jeez. But behind the bastards is a um, podcast he does where he basically has someone come on who is entirely unfamiliar with whatever horrible person he is going to tell them about. <laughs> and usually, they're historical figures. Um, yeah. So like Stalin. <laughs> was one series of episodes or like rasputin um well he hasn't done one on rasputin yet um Mm. he he uh there's sometimes it's on like movements in general so like there was one two-parter that was on the um population control movement yeah um the most recent things they've started doing is they've started doing um mini series that come out on the same feed so with the um protest last summer uh he did one uh that basically just went through the history of the u.s police force or police forces in the u.s called behind the police um after the insurrection attempt um he had a series called behind the insurrections where he's looked historically at fascist insurrections over the past century uh, yeah. where they've prop- popped up here and there um now it is still a comedy podcast like it's i've recommended yeah. them the, yeah. the the show before i mean it's all it's all accurate like he you know he puts up footnotes with the the show notes and everything um yeah. and yeah it like there, there are points when he will read something very, very um, terrifying if it were to happen, like in a current day news headline and chuckle, but like chuckling to like, (laughs) because it's like, wow, I can't believe that this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like like... it's, it's like chuckling to ward off screaming. (laughs) Yeah. People just being like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. yeah but no it's it's um it's a, a really good show especially if you're kind of a history nerd um you know a, a lot of it comes from people in history that you may or may not know anything about um like one of the mm-hmm. recent episodes was on something that i had never heard of before um what was it? and as he points out in the show there's a very good reason why it's not in any of your textbooks um it's called the the business plot that happened in the 30s hmm. where uh, wealthy industrialists like to sum it up like he he does far more justice to it but um yeah. wealthy industrialists uh were trying to raise an army to overthrow fdr before he did the new deal and institute a fascist uh leader wow wow I, and it got really far and had people behind it like uh jp morgan <laughs> Oh, um and Pres- yeah. and prescott bush um you know hw bush's father mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah like it's stuff like that that it, it's like wow i you know i'm I interested in yeah. history <laughs> i've never heard of some of these things before um and you know it's not all doom and gloom like once a year they they do a um 
for their Christmas episode, they put out a um, an episode on or a series of episodes on someone who uh, was actually a very good person. Well, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, like, like they've only been around for three years, but the first year it was on um, Raoul Wallenberg, who was a guy that uh, I forget how many people he's thought to have saved, but he um, he got a lot a lot of people out of um hungary during world war Hmm. ii um basically by lying and (laughs) printing false government records um and giving people passports that weren't real but would get them out of the country um yeah i think john brown was 2019's and last year's was a Ukrainian anarchist named uh, who was it? Nestor Makhno? Mm. But yeah, like they're people who were on the right side of history. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the the every other week throughout the rest of the year, it's it's uh, terrible people. Terrible, <laughs> but terrible people. But, but, but like the important thing to take away from it, and which he's brought up and different different points throughout the the course of the shows are you know like it's not doing it like it's not to focus attention on wow let's just sit in this mire and like a lot of it is enabled by like it's it's the the root end of systemic patterns of behavior Mm -hmm. that if you pay attention to current day things you can kind of head off some things at the past because people don't really learn from the past but if you pay attention to it you can notice patterns around certain people figure things (laughs) out yeah yeah do a little bit of uh, predictive reasoning and go huh maybe it's not good if these people are doing these things (laughs) yeah this doesn't sound or so it's yeah like it's it's mostly put out i think as a tool of like hey, pay attention to the world around you. Um, there are yeah. still people doing these very things or trying to do these very things. These very, and yeah. here's how they were able to do it. And here's how they were able to be you stopped. You should stop, yeah. How you <laughs> can stop them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. It's um, it's like my number one favorite show. Like a lot of times if, if, uh, if I can like ward off the temptation i'll wait for it to build up a hopper so i can listen to like two or three days worth of it at once that seems kind of (laughs) not depressing but like hard to stomach Uh, i mean yes and no (laughs) i mean it's probably not great for for mental health but (laughs) you know um you know uh do it do it as you will like if, if it makes it it, it, like if it's something that you can only handle an episode or two of a time just listen to an episode or two (laughs) Um, but yeah like that one updates twice a week like on the tuesdays and thursdays so usually each week is like there's two episodes but it's on one subject because there's a part one part two oh okay Um, usually it goes pretty long i assume i mean yeah they're they're usually multiple research or just all the research that you have to do yeah it's um usually it's about an hour hour 10 
or so per episode. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know how he has the output that he does because he has that. He's on another one called Worst Year Ever. Uh, <laughs> he's on another one called Uprising. He's a full-time journalist for Bellingcat, which is uh, kind of a... Um, what would you call it? Open source investigation. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, like just the the word count that that he's able to to output like is it's fascinating to me how he's able to to put out so much information in the world. Yeah, so fast. Huh. Um. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I highly recommend that show. Um, it can be depressing. Usually, there's content yeah. warnings. Sounds beforehand. yeah. <laughs> well, like usually there's content warnings beforehand if there's anything that's too like graphic super super graphic yeah like usually it'll be like hey um this person is known for this if you're not cool with this um you should maybe stop listening (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah so that that was my last one okay so i've got one last one it's also a again a youtube video it's something different than what i told uh zach because i'm i'm pivoting you gotta pivot sometimes um it's called um mother's basement so it's it's a anime like review channel mother's basement yeah so it's a jeff soon i believe is his name he goes by the um, anime Pope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it's a really interesting, like, critical look at some anime. So he does, like, any, or anime, where he breaks down, like, hmm. the particular fights of anime, which is really yeah. cool. Just, like, different, like, styles, what they decided to do with, you know animation style as well as like combat style as well as like oh they ended up doing like this particular animation style for this fight the first one that comes to mind is the sasuke versus like naruto they ended up uh for one of the uh big fights so there's there's i think like three major fights where it's like older sasuke fight or well younger sasuke fighting uh younger naruto they actually went out of studio to get it um animated by i think by a chinese company of all places and it was beautifully done like it's you know it's amazing what what this um this company ended up doing and it's just kind of like a breakdown of like what it meant in the story and he also has a lot of like critical thoughts on particular like anime where yes he does like the best anime of like the fall or something along those lines but like his most recent anime or not anime but his most recent review was about like there's a lot of in the anime community of like oh you know 
who could end up like beating Goku? Like who would win in a fight? Like Goku versus I don't know, one punch man. Yeah. But he ended up coming up with like, oh, well, instead of talking about like these particular fights, you know, or these particular matchups, we should talk about like the style, like the fashion style of particular things where he ended up talking oh. about like a Yu Yu Hakusho has fantastic style. If you've ever seen Yu Yu Hakusho, they, uh, they are, you know, styling to the max. Yeah. There is also uh, like One Piece. One Piece, a lot of their manga, like, I guess, covers are very stylistic, which is super cool. Yeah. There's also a couple of um, just different, like, animes that, like, have really cool styles. Like, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is very stylistic as well. So it's it's interesting. Like, it's a very different take on the whole like anime review so i i really like his channel i think his channel has a lot to um like offer in information and everything along those lines and i mean i usually you know whenever he puts out a new um video i i'm usually watching it and it's it's very like critical thought sort of um again channel sort of in the same vein as community or uh, Tolarian community college where it's again just not like oh the top 10 anime of 2020 it goes more into like a a critical thought process of hmm. like what makes an anime why particular you know, actions were chosen. And I think it's really cool too because whenever he talks about the anime, he talks about the director and the studio because there's a lot of emphasis on the studio because you can drop the ball. Like, so he ends up doing a whole video on One Punch Man because the first season of One Punch Man is fantastic. It's great. But then, you know it became very popular and they really wanted to put out another season of One Punch Man. So they ended up giving it to the studio, which was fast, but their quality was just horrendous. And then the second season of One Punch Man really suffered because their animation is just hard to watch. Yeah. And... You know, there's a lot of interesting, um, you know, perspectives of, like, why they did that and, you know, what other, like, I guess, projects those studios have worked on and things along those lines. Because, like, you know, and you have to, like, have the right studio, the right supporting people to really breathe life into a particular anime. Sure. And, and... I really enjoy that, like, kind of critical thought on anime. And he also, like, looks at a lot of anime that's kind of, like, off the radar. Some more, I guess, I don't want to call it, like, uh, more, like, 
fringe anime. We'll say fringe, yeah. Okay. Where, um, yeah, where it's it's very interesting just to sort of like listen to his reviews, and he's very funny, and you can tell that he's put a lot of work into like his videos. You can really see like the quality of like editing. Like editing is ridiculous. Like trying to put all of that together with like Adobe Studios and just like After Effects and all of that is ridiculous. So just yeah. sort of seeing his qual and like that's the thing is he does it every all himself. He doesn't like have an editor because like some channels will end up like recording Having everything an editor, and yeah. passing it off, yeah, to an editor. But it, it seems where he takes a lot of like pride in his videos and everything along those lines he edits them and he like writes the script and it's it's interesting it it was i guess his script's so good that like somebody in like brazil ended up like copying his entire script for one episode and like you know basically put it out there yeah so it ended up where there was a whole like copyright issue and something along those lines oh no yeah yeah so (laughs) youtube's not always super great about like maintaining copyrights and yeah so it's 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 a bundle but um but yeah i i highly so if you enjoy anime if you enjoy sort of like seeing more critical thought on anime more kind of out of the box perspectives i would highly recommend his his channel i think it's great mother's basement mother's so. basement mm-hmm. yeah okay but, but yeah and unfortunately that is a uh, a channel that i'm usually watching because it's very visual mm. especially with like you know dissecting a lot of these like combats or fights or you know when he talks about anime he usually has a scene from the anime plane and stuff like that so Hmm. so yeah usually that's one i'm like intense or not intensely but watching more than listening okay well cool yeah um yeah i've got some new subs then for me to follow up on (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah i I mean it it is interesting like how both of us kind of consume our media yeah again yeah because i mean it's it's hard for me to like actually listen to podcasts to be truthful gotcha i usually listen to most of my podcasts in my car when i'm commuting from work yeah and again a lot of those podcasts are D adventures so usually i'll just like well not just D, but like role-playing adventures so i'll continue from you know one session to another session while i'm in my car but when i'm at home i usually don't listen to podcasts or like when i'm working out i don't really listen to podcasts i listen to oh, like really? music and stuff like that yeah yeah, like when I'm going running and stuff like that, it's really hard for me to focus on like getting that information. But I do find it a lot easier when I'm sitting like working on something else, kind of like 
listening to somebody and hmm. my i guess my main form of media that like i consume is usually on youtube okay yeah yeah i am because i have my ipod and i i i don't buy um music pretty much Mm -hmm. anymore like i just have my my music that i've heard lots of already um yeah I've, i've got probably 30 or so podcasts that i'm subscribed to like i've just shared the ones that i like highly recommend to people all the others are kind of niche and um yeah like i couldn't imagine (laughs) i mean you know i have like four and just having those four i it's hard to keep up with just four truthfully yeah (laughs) there's some you know sessions like I haven't caught up with the current um, Adventure Zone. Like, I'm not really current with their newest um, campaign of um, what is uh, it? Uh, graduation. With, like, yeah, graduation. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. That it, one's it's just hit or miss, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. But it's just but, easy uh... for me to like open up youtube and be like oh there's a new video well i'll just listen to it while i'm working on like another project or something along those lines yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i just um yeah it's easier for me because i just have my ipod and so i just stick it in my pocket and wherever i'm going throughout the day that's that's what i'm listening to (laughs) yeah yeah uh, because usually like i'm moving more around more especially like at work so i can't like sit and just like watch youtube and like if i do that on my phone yeah. my phone's old enough that like the battery dies real quick uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah no i um like that's why like podcasts are like 90 percent of the information i take in <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um but yeah, uh, with that, why don't we transition to me, me, me's? Um, oh, I've okay. got two things this week because I didn't do. Yeah, I also have two things as well. Okay, cool. Well, since I started off the uh, the main bit, why don't you start off the me, me, me's? Sure. Yeah. So this one is a little bit of a a bit of a reach, but um, I've actually started getting into um whiskey. I've I've started really enjoying whiskey. Nice. I was I guess more of like a beer type of person, but now that I've become quote unquote I guess health conscious, I've really moved away from beers because they're not super. It's healthy really with bad you. for you. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of particular whiskeys that uh I mean Again, it's alcohol, so it's never good for you. But it's not as bad as some other alcohols. And there's a a lot of breweries around here. And I went to one of our our local breweries. And I've just been doing some, like, research on whiskey and everything along those lines. Because whiskey is such a broad, like, term. There's so many different whiskeys where it's like bourbons where there's like whiskey rise where there's like double malts it's it's really kind of interesting the sort of like 
do some research on whiskey and see all the different variances. So I've tried some like Japanese whiskey, which was interesting because instead of using like barley or using like wheat as as the grain, they use um, rice as their grain. So it changes up the whole like flavor texture and everything like that. And yeah. recently I got a, a whiskey that was aged in copper barrels, which is interesting because it definitely huh. has that like medical or metal like tang to it. Yeah. Which at first I was not a big fan of, but it kind of takes the edge, like the bite off of the whiskey. So it's a really good like sipping whiskey. So I've really kind of grown to enjoy it. But, um, you know, this is something recent. I've only tried, like, a grand total of three different whiskeys because, like, I'm not drinking every day. So it takes me about, like, you know, a month and a half to go through one bottle of whiskey. But, um, yeah, I'm actually kind of just, like, enjoying researching it and enjoying, like, seeing what, you know what makes particular whiskeys or scotch or bourbon or whatnot um, unique. Because there's usually, like, a fairly long list of, like, what makes it qualified for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, what is your... um, Do you you have any favorites that you'd like to share? Um, Right now, I'm I'm trying that, again, that um, copper one. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese one was, um, gosh, what was it? It was like a Koski. It was a, uh, I'm going to have to pull it up right quick, but it was a, a whiskey <laughs> that was created in Japan off of the coast. Um, Asashi. Asahi? Yeah, Asahi. Okay. Um, and it's got like a, so they, they quote it saying that it's got like a, a little bit of a brinier taste since it's got that coastal like feel to it. Yeah. And I mean, I could definitely taste like a little bit of a, um, a brine, brinier sort of feel to it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was nice. It was a, a smooth whiskey that I really did enjoy. So, I would definitely get that one again, but there's like so many different whiskeys I want to try. Yeah. Um, it, well, you if know. I can. Mm. Oh, go ahead. Oh no! So it's going to be a while when I like go back and duplicate something. Gotcha. Well, because I, my um... next one I want to try is uh, Four Roses, and then after Four Roses, Monkey Shorter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. If I can uh, make a suggestion, just because mm-hmm. when when I was drinking, I haven't drunk in s- several years. Um, yeah, my favorite Scott uh, because I I really liked um, Scotch is oh, okay. uh, Um It's it's very smooth. Um, it doesn't hit you in the face with "Hey, here I am." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice. I, I I prefer a more mild whiskey, so well, something that's more downs- spicier or. Well, yeah, the downside of that particular one is that they 
I want to say that they they basically do like a sixteen year like it's it's pricey if you get into it. Um, uh, okay. And uh, but I mean, it's I, in my opinion, it's worth it. Um, it's not something that yeah. you. I'm willing to pay so you know for a good, you know. Yeah, drink. I mean it's it's um it's not something that you just like pound in a day or two like at a con like it's definitely one that you like. Mm-hmm. Take out of the case and you do the ritual thing with the pour and maybe add a rock or two. Yeah, I've been taking everything straight. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I haven't been putting any like ice in mine. Yeah. Usually, well, I guess it's neat is the the term oh yeah where where it's just there's no additions or anything yeah yeah it's just um so i um like when what i found was that uh usually with the scotches um Mm -hmm. with scotch and bourbon and in my experience at least you it made it easier to appreciate the flavors by adding ice because it, it kind of opens up the uh, the flavor profile more if that makes sense yeah like I whereas really if it's if it's just any. straight it's all like in your face whereas if it's diluted like just enough that you can like smell something other than the immediate fumes of alcohol like you get a, yeah. a richer um like palette almost yeah um, and I will say, as far as bourbon goes, uh, my favorite was always Bullet Bourbon. Um, bullet, okay. Yeah, it, huh. it's uh, B-U-L-L-E-I-T, because it's named after a person. But it's um, oh. huh. it's not one I would recommend drinking straight. Like, I, I liked it for cocktails, because it is... It does have a much stronger taste that if you're making like an old fashioned or something like that, like it'll hmm. it'll taste. I do like um, old fashions. Yeah, like that's that's one that I would definitely mix with, not because it's bad, but because it's it's very very forward in its taste. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've tried again mainly mild whiskeys. Like, yeah. I they haven't been like super in your face or anything along those lines. So that's yeah. why I've been taking most of them just neat gotcha mm-hmm. yeah i um yeah yeah it's scotch was my favorite so I, I i don't know if like they tend to be a little bit more um forward or what but yeah like it, it was always easier for me to like appreciate it more i think with with ice um mm. but yeah yeah whiskey you know. whiskey is a it's definitely a new thing for me well, cool, cool. Um, well, with that, my um, so one one of the things I did is I read a comic collection that I was kind of let down by, but oh, no. it's still very good. Uh, it's so no. it's jo- Joe Madrera's uh, Battle Chasers anthology. Um, Battle Chasers. That sounds so it's it's a fantasy comic but it's got it's very much like anime styling Mm -hmm. um it's one of the first i think or maybe it was one of the most um uh not controversial uh inflammatory uh I, i think 
Richard has spoken about it before. I think he's the one who recommended it to me. But oh. by inflammatory, I mean it's... Um, so it was an image comic, which, you know, mm -hmm. they do a lot of good things about, like, where none of it is work for hire, the creator owns everything. But the downside of that is their printing schedule means that when it was in print... Sometimes it could be like a year and a half between issues because the guy would just oh, like work yeah. on it when he wanted to. Um, and I'll say the collected version of all that's out there. Um, I will warn people because I did not get the warning. Uh, it ends on a cliffhanger. I still <laughs> haven't resolved it. Yeah, I mean the guy's still alive. Like he he um, made a video game. There's a PS4 like tactical RPG called Battle Chasers that. Um, yeah. Hmm. is really good but yeah like he's moved into like the video game space but like i i wish i had a heads up that it wasn't finished yeah <laughs> but it's a very interesting story so if you if you know that it's not wrapped up going into it i think and you're interested in the story and the art the art is gorgeous the writing is fantastic um it's it's like a tabletop game in front of you like like kind of like in the way that like rat queens is as well mm -hmm. um so yeah i i definitely recommend it nice just know going into it it's not finished it's not finished <laughs> don't be sucks. surprised when you get to that last page and it's like and you're like next what? issue and the issue like well and there's not very much of it either like i want to say there's only like eight or nine issues so like yeah the the collection itself is only like i don't know 300 pages here let me let me go to amazon real quick i'll oh check it out on amazon yeah <laughs> yeah it's um anthology graphic novel ah and it's got the the uh, subtitle of book one which it's like no this is this, this is, is everything. Yeah. yeah it's 312 pages Oh wow! So that's that shakes out to like ten ten issues, I think, nine issues, yeah. something like that. Um, uh, that's but yeah, that I recommend it. Just don't don't be surprised when you get to it. And it's like, uh, how, wait, how does this end? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> but yeah, the art's very good. You can just kind of Google it, um, and see if you like the art style because it's it's very anime too it's like a westernized version of an anime yeah <laughs> and that sounds character. i mean that sounds pretty cool yeah yeah but yeah that's my first thing oh nice uh so my next and uh i guess last thing is i started watching um uh, an anime called uh megaloboxing which is fantastic i really enjoy this uh anime it's it's in the style of like Cowboy Bebop. I'm not a hundred percent sure who the studio is who does it. Yeah, but it's it's really cool. It's it's about like a kind of a not a post apocalyptic, but like a a cyberish punk dystopia world yeah. where they end up like boxing still a a sport but i guess boxing isn't deadly enough so now they've decided to add mechanical arms to boxing like 
Oh, so is it kind it of even? like? Is it kind of like uh, what is it, Levius on uh, Netflix? Levius. Yeah, there's an anime, a Netflix anime called I think it's called Levius, where it's like right. cyborgs beating the crap out of each other. Maybe I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I Sorry to interrupt. I just had to ask. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it it uh, focuses on this one character who is fantastic at at this sport and everything along those lines. But you know, he's got a crappy like exo arms and everything, and he boxes in like an underground uh, like you know, an underground sort of boxing uh ring and everything along those lines ends up like in the first episode boxing against like the champion of the mainstream like megala boxing and yeah then like decides that oh if he can win this champion he can become like a citizen where he can go into like the high class city and everything like that since he lives out in like the outskirts of nowhere and just just the fight choreography is really cool just the world building's really cool and the animation style is really awesome as well so i highly recommend it it's it's a really good anime and it's only got one uh i guess one uh season out hmm. and it does not end on a cliffhanger Oh, well, that's good. It's always good when things yeah. are wrapped up. <laughs> I mean, it's not, like, fully wrapped up. Like, you know, it does leave things out there, like, is something going to happen or whatnot? But, like, it doesn't leave you on, like, oh, is this character dead or something along those lines. Oh, okay. Yeah, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... It's a it's a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed it. So I would recommend it to anyone who would uh be interested. Okay, cool. Um and is it available through Crunchyroll or uh yeah, I think it's actually on Netflix. Oh, okay. I think it's either on Netflix or I mean I watched it on Crunchyroll since I have a subscription to Crunchyroll. Okay, so it's probably country roller. So, yeah. But a friend of mine, because I recommended it to a friend of mine, and he also wanted to watch it, and he does not have country roll, but he has hmm. Netflix, so I think I think that's on Netflix. Gotcha. So don't quote me. Um, well, um, so my last thing is, mm-hmm. uh, I know I normally come with like five things, but like I literally did not do very much this week. Yeah. Um, I had to work this it's week. It's been a so. lazy week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I wrapped up, um, it wasn't my first time reading it, but um, it's a Stephen King book from the early 90s called Insomnia. Hmm. Um, have you ever read it? I, no, I have not. So it's um kind of tangentially related i mean it's explicitly related if you've read the the dark tower series but it's it's it makes reference to to that like multiverse Mm. type idea um but it's a story of a guy an old guy who 
uh, gets insomnia. And the longer mm-hmm. he gets goes through insomnia, his consciousness goes to this other plane of reality. So he can see the like extra dimensional beings that are that are doing things Ooh. on our everyday level, right? Yeah. It's really unique. It's unlike a lot of stuff that, that King writes. Um that King writes. Huh. Interesting. He um and it's it's funny, like normally with Stephen King stuff, like I guess it's because he has so many adaptations out. Um it's it's uh easier for me to picture them like in my head as movies, basically, of like, oh who's, yeah. like okay, I could see this being made or not made or whatever. But this one is it's like 800 pages or so like oh wow honestly what what i don't know if maybe it was my video gaming influencing me or my my choice in video games while i was reading this but i i was like you know what this would be a really interesting game to run to well not to run but to to play like on a console or whatever like oh Okay. Because, like, well, one, when is the last time you played an elderly person as as your... As, like, a main character? Your oh. character. Um, I'm trying to think. It's, yeah, like, it, it could, um, like, I've never played Disco Elysium, but my understanding of how oh, that game works... Oh, I hear it's a really good game. It might be something like that. Like, the first thing that, that popped in my head, because it was the last couple of games that I played, is, like, if you were to take... Um, like, have you ever played a, a mafia game? Just a mafia game? Yeah, I mean, well, I no, played, the, the um... series, the the series. Oh. Um, so they're kind of like um, GTA. I prefer Mafia to GTA just because the the worlds are more easily traversable, even though they mm-hmm. they tend to be smaller in my experience um they so so like if you were to take a game like that but do something like a like a um telltale game yeah where there's like some investigation um or maybe life is strange something like that uh, yeah where there's like investigation and ways to interact uh there's there's some rpg ish elements to it yeah um i mean i really do want to play like disco elysium i hear great things about it yeah i mean it's supposedly coming to consoles um as well i mean i know you don't care about that but (laughs) (laughs) i've got it on my steam list right now i mean i'm i'm not never gonna play it unless it's on a console to be honest (laughs) yeah no it seems like a game that you would have to like dedicate a lot of time to yeah yeah well and um because, I mean, yeah, we, the replayability is just, like, so great in it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that there's mm-hmm. a reason that lots of people are like, this is game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> but, uh, but, yeah, this was the first uh, book that I've read where I'm like, you know, this would be a pretty interesting video game. Um, hmm. Or maybe even Control. Like, having, have you ever played Control or seen images of Control? I have not. So it like there's a lot of surreal, weird things going on in that game that that you know Remedy excels at. But yeah, like this was the first book I was reading where I was like, 
Yes, yeah, so this would be an interesting game to play. I think <laughs> because like mm-hmm. like there's a time there, there's a, a a deadline in the book that you're working towards where you're having to solve something before something else happens, right? Yeah. Or where the character is doing that. And because of this insomnia giving him these extra dimensional, like, understanding, he also gets some extra dimensional powers. Um, So, you know, something like that would be really, really interesting. Um, And again, when's the last time you played as an old person in a game? Old person, Um, yeah. You're not really an old person in that... um... That one game that Hiroshima uh, came out with, the walking game, where you're trying to move, oh, Death Stranding stuff. Yeah, not yeah. That that game seems like a big letdown. Uh, I'm very glad I did not purchase a pre-order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people um, compare it to just the walking simulator, but yeah, I mean, Brian's I, I think it. I can see what. Do what? Conan O'Brien's in it. He makes oh, really? cameo. Yeah. Huh. They um they digitized them. They they like stuck him in the studio for a little bit and uh it, as Conan O'Brien or is he playing a character? Uh, I think as Conan O'Brien. That's weird, man. Kojima has way too many yes people who just let him do uh. what the hell he wants. Uh. Um. Uh. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> I do recommend that book, Insomnia. Um, it chokes me up at the end. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's different than other things Stephen King has written. Yeah. Uh, but Death Stranding, we don't recommend. Yeah, Death Stranding. <laughs> I mean, I've never played it, but like, God, yeah. that game is terrible. Sorry, sorry for hijacking your uh, last. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, I'm just remembering. What did I? Mentioned Disco Elysium, Life is Strange, Mafia. Two. Yeah, when you said Mafia, I was thinking of like the um the Yakuza games. Have you ever played any of the Yakuza's? Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I mean that that would be like the Japanese version of it. Um, yeah. Because like the well the mafia games are very much more structured on like no you're doing these illegal things and killing these people. (laughs) I mean, Um, the yakuza games can get a little wacky at times. Yeah, like oh well, that's what I was saying. Like the yakuza games are are, um, uh, yakuza or yakuza. I mean, I've I've always said yakuza. I've always said yakuza. I've heard both. Um, Mm. It's um, they they strike me as a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Than, <laughs> than like a GTA or a mafia game. <laughs> yeah, where you're actually like helping people out, mm-hmm. not like committing all the crimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that'll do it for this week. Um, ah. I think. Uh, well, the current book club book is "I Am Legend." Uh, we'll be covering mm-hmm. that next. Um. And then the I'm looking at our episode list. After that, yeah. we'll be talking about ghosts, ghosts, scary, spooky <laughs> ghosts, spooky, scary ghosts. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, with that, we'll um, see you guys in a couple weeks. 
And yeah. if you want to reach out to us, you can shoot us an email at backrysupershow at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram a little bit more. <laughs> more than I yeah. was. <laughs> I've almost like completely stopped going to Facebook, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I really don't go on the Facebook at all. I, yeah. I hear that there's been like a bit of a movement of like people just moving to Instagram. Yeah, and again, yeah, I mean, Instagram you know, is still Facebook. Um, it is. So, but it's Facebook with pictures, and you don't really have to write anything. You throw yeah. up a picture and then call it a day. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've honestly yeah. been spending all a lot about, of time on Twitter. It's all about um, networking, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm horrible at networking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with that, we'll uh, be back in a couple weeks to talk about I Am Legend, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see you then. Yeah. As always, have a great couple of weeks. Stay safe, and see you later. Bye.